Merry Christmas, everyone! Hooray! Bogenstrovia, Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas to you! Merry Christmas to all our listeners out there! Ocho, Merry Christmas to you! Feliz Navidad! You can say that again. DCT, Merry Christmas! Messy Christmas. Here we are. It is, on the day of the release, Christmas Eve. And we are in a very festive mood, I think it's fair to say. Apart from the fact that my voice probably sounds a bit weird because I'm currently sucking a strepsil. Not euphemism, I really am. But apart from that, yeah, we're all high spirits, aren't we? Mm, yes, yes. What's have we got planned for tomorrow? Ocho, are you going to be stuffing the turkey? I heard that sniggering. I've got Christmas night with the stars and the little convict. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the, all the classics. DCT, what have you got lined up for the day? Primarily food. Working on a uh, Christmas-based pizza, which is uh, going to be more interesting when I've got some afters from the turkey. Probably having a flick around, um, see if there's any uh, marathons. Marathon seems to be a big thing for television. Sort of, they just bung everything on in one go. Well, that's something you get more of these days. The terrestrials and what have you, and the odd channel like Sky One, they put up. A bit of a fight on Christmas night, but the rest of the pay TV channels, they tend to have blocks of programs which aren't particularly Christmassy. So it's almost like they they realise that they can't really compete against the likes of BBC One and so on. So they offer a nice wee alternative. I mean, you've got the Radio Times there, DCT. I'll ask you later on for any highlights that you've spotted in there. But you could certainly try and spot what would be the least Christmassy marathon you could find in the Radio Times. I would imagine something like perhaps the History Channel, or if there's such channels, Discovery Men blokes or something like that, I don't know. What about Christmas Night with Henry VIII? Yeah, good musician, you know, he could do some of the songs he'd written. Keith Michelle! <laughs> Just don't mention his wives and he's a lovely chap. That's all. What are the chances of a complete marathon of Churchill's people on BBC4? I think the chances are against it, principally because I've seen BBC4 listings and it isn't on. But we never know. BBC4 doesn't really do that kind of intellectualism anymore. They don't have shows with heavyweight actors like Arthur Mullard. They just don't do that kind of stuff. Bulk and Strovia, what have you got lined up? Mostly food and watching any DVDs which I receive on, and having a general flick around. Mostly have a look at some European television. Mostly a German umpire band or something like that. Smash no, because you've got the, the choice of the, the European channels. I'm debating whether to set my alarm for 6am for the Juicy Free Christmas special. It's not even on at 6am, I just might get up at 6am to put the DVD on. But yeah, I was going to say, I'm I know you have sure that's going to happen. Well, yes, and the idea that I would get out of bed on a freezing cold Christmas morning to put on the Juicy Free DVD. I mean, okay, I've said before, I've set the alarm for Harry Worth and what have you, but I think that's just pushing things a bit too far. I, I don't I don't foresee that happening. But will it but, be a Christmas special with only two sets? Because Duty Free only seemed to have the restaurant and uh, David and Amy's room, didn't it? Well, this is the thing that Ocho and I were talking about last week. Yeah, this is the, the Christmas, special Christmas special with the location work. Yeah. It's all so on it's all film, film, yeah. And there's no, no studio audience. audience, yeah. And they're all running around Spain. <laughs> That's, there's no dialogue. They're just running around in Spain. Actually, I'd watch that. Probably... Better than the original one is. Yes, well, just to pick up on what you said earlier, Bogenstrovia, before we get to the, the meat and the drink of our Christmas feast in front of us, I would like to say a huge thank you to everybody who has supported the sitcom club since we began in April this year, to all 
our regular listeners, people were with us way, way back in the very first edition that we did, which I think was Open All Hours on Cab Radio, all the way up to the present day. We've got a lot of new followers now on Facebook and Twitter, and we hope you're enjoying the shows, and we've got a lot planned for 2014. As Ocho said last week, we're going to be doing a lot more listener requests. And thank you very much indeed to the three of you, I'd like to say, from myself, because without the three of you, I could be doing this show. It would just be me, sat here, just driveling on about, I don't know, looking at the DVD shelf, the gaffer. And <laughs> I don't want to hear myself talking about the gaffer for an extended period of time. So thank you very much, chaps for all your support and all your hard work. In case people don't know, you guys put a lot of work into the show, not just actually being here, but in terms of preparation and viewing and editing and all sorts. So thank you to yourselves. And also to anybody that you know who might be interested in the show, give them a nudge. Just point them in the direction of the website, sitcomclub.com, and we'll welcome them in in 2014. And if they want us to talk about, if they want Ocho to talk about keeping up appearances at length, great. He's up for it. At length. What's we'll your silence? Oh, if you want uh, me to talk about it at length, okay. It's sucks. There. Like I know that some of the recent episodes have been a bit longer than the average, but we're not going to start cheating by just speaking slowly. If anything, we need to actually start speaking more quickly. Can we all speak at times two for this episode? No, we're going to be like Clement Freud on just a minute. <laughs> right. Okay. No. Ladies and gentlemen, we've promised this, we've been promising this for a month, and it's true, we are going to play today, for our Christmas sitcom club, we're going to play the 1973 On The Buses board game. Now, I have the box in front of me, I just retrieved this yesterday. Here we go, it's from Denny Fisher as the producer, so not MB Games or Action GT, or any of the other ones that you've heard of. But it sounds and like a sit- sitcom producer in itself. This show was produced by Denny Fisher at Teddington. <laughs> he didn't have quite the same stature as Val Parnell, but what the hell? Who could? So, I'm looking at the front of this box. The first thing I see is a quotation, which isn't actually credited to any particular person, but it says here, I'll get you, Butler. So I'm assuming that that was Blakey who came up with that. And it says here, get three passengers back to the bus depot to win. Stan's bust... Bust? No. Stan's bus is the best. You think about Anna Karen you are? No, well, no, let's, let's, let's not go there. We're not a club international appearance, are we? Hang on. No, 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 we can't have Phil for Christmas Day. Well, we can, but, yeah. It's actually no, it's Christmas Eve, what am I saying? Right, a great new game of fun and skill for all the family, so it says. Now, okay, first of all, as I've already said to yourselves off-air, this is one of the weirdest things that I've ever done. And I've done some weird shit. I'm sat here with an on-the-buses board game, for Christ's sake. I've got all the cards laid out in front of me. I've had to make space for the laptop to get this thing in place. I was checking yesterday to make sure I had all the bits and pieces and thinking that I was going to have to make a gingerbread Blakey and what have you. Now, I know that there are some cynics out there. It's such a shame, even at this festive time of year when we're all supposed to be you know, full of goodwill and good cheer and what have you. There are some people out there listening to this who are thinking, these guys are just bullshitting. There is no on the buses board game. Even if there is, they haven't got one. If you care to go to sitcomclub.com right now, 
then you will see a link to a Flickr photo stream full of pictures of this board game to prove that we are actually playing it. Now, obviously, as you are aware, if you're a regular listener, we are in the four corners of the earth. Bog and Strovia, where are you as we speak? I'm in Portsmouth. DCT. I am in the southeast of London. Ocho. I'm in Orange County, California. Well, hey. So, yourselves, as the players of the game, you're at a bit of a disadvantage because you cannot see the board. <laughs> but you don't need to worry. Because I've taken the liberty of adapting the rules ever so slightly. Because the actual game, you're supposed to move these little buses around and pick up passengers and what have you. And I was looking at last night and thinking, this game looks bloody complicated if you're actually sitting there playing it. And if you're playing it and you can't see it, then this podcast is never going to end. We're still going to be here on Easter. So what I've done is I have adapted the rules slightly for this special edition of Mornington Crescent. And instead, I'm going to be asking you all sitcom-related questions. And if you get the questions right, you will then get the number of stops. You'll pass the number of bus stops on your relevant card. And at the end, we shall tot up. I will see who wins. And whoever wins is going to get a pirated DVD of BBC Great Comedy Moments, originally released, I think, in 2002. So how about that then? So, like I say, this is a, a multimedia offence, I think you would describe it as. You don't have <laughs> to be on the website. I was going to say, it's an offence in something, it is. <laughs> well, I didn't. We, I thought at first about us actually taking a photograph for each step of the game and what have you and saying, okay, you can follow this photograph, but I don't want to put people off who are listening to the podcast as they normally would be perhaps commuting and so on so you don't have to look at the photographs on the website to actually follow the podcast you can listen to the podcast entirely in audio and then have a look at the photographs later on but go to sitcomclub.com and you'll see a link there to a Flickr stream full of all manner of pictures and yeah we'll, we'll try and get a photograph for early in the new year of the winner with their Great Comedy Moments DVD and I'm actually just thinking right now I really hope Ocho doesn't win this quiz because I don't know what the hell the postage is going to be in that bloody DVD to Anaheim. I'm not really a sitcom person. You know me. I just like TV. No, it's, it's not It's not that I want you to enjoy the DVD. It's that I want a photograph of your hand holding the DVD with hopefully something like Disneyland in the background as a backdrop to prove that you've got it. Boggs, if it's yourself, I want a picture of the Spinnaker Tower. DCT, what's your local landmark? What have you got? Ooh, I've got a memorial. Which I, I shamedly drunk in my own personal memorial. <laughs> I've been adding to it uh, as I go along. No, it's, it's just uh, no, it's a poppy-related cross-sectioned kind of memorial scenario on a roundabout, and um, I shamedly um, used it as a kissing post about several years ago. And uh, eventually... so, basically, you're going to pose on a roundabout, then? Yeah, I, I'm just going to sit perched on the roundabout, making love to my own hands. Okay, well, that's the deal then. Now, it's not actually, uh, legitimately, it's not a pirated copy of Great Comedy Moments. It's one that was given away, I think it might have been The Sun or Mail or whatever it was. It was a newspaper insert from long ago. So, yeah, and it's only got cardboard sleeve, by the way. Don't expect a full box. But the DVD is in there. So, that's your prize. All right then, chaps. Bogginstrovia, choose between, if you would, red, blue, and green. Blue, please. DCT. I will go Santander Red, please. Okay. Ocho, do you have any objections to being green? No. 
just as well because I ain't got a paintbrush to hand. Okay then, so I'm going to lay out the colors in front of me. There we go. So for those of you who are not looking at the Flickr stream at the moment, basically we have a board, we have three buses, you're starting off at the Luxton bus depot and you've got all manner of different stops. Now, like I say, I've cut out the business about picking up passengers because I think that's what Stan and Jack would have wanted anyway. And yeah, either the first person who gets back to the depot wins. And if nobody gets back to the depot before we finished all the questions, it'll be the person who is leading. I was going to say, whereabouts is Luxton? Luxton... In terms of, well, in terms of on the buses, I get the impression that I don't know. Well, I suppose Lumen Hoxton got drunk one night. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and had bad fumbling. Is... <laughs> on the buses, it doesn't really narrow itself down to a particular area, does it? But just judging from the the accents and so on, I'm imagining somewhere in London. But then I think that everywhere in England is London, as I've already advised DCT. Yeah, I mean, I think I already said to yourself, DCT, why don't you get tickets for the Open All Hours recording and then realise it was in Salford? You wanted me to pop up to San Francisco like I was nipping to the shops. <laughs> no, honestly, The distance this is true. between me and San Francisco is the difference between you and Boggs. Let's go to Portsmouth. Um, that's... I had what I think is offensively termed a blonde moment. I've never agreed with that kind of slang terminology, but we'll go with that. When New Jersey was getting battered No, you had by... a front row right moment, in blankety-blank terms. Oh, right, gotcha, yes, okay. When the um, the hurricane, well, I think it was, was it Hurricane Sandy, was it, last year, was battering New Jersey, I sent a message to Ocho to say, hope you're okay there. If anybody didn't take geography as the first subject, could you just advise... How close you are to New Jersey? I'm probably not much closer than you are. Yeah, it's pretty much the the complete opposite end of the United States, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, two and a half thousand miles, maybe three. About as far from it as you are from Baghdad or somewhere like that. So you weren't affected by the storms, then? No, okay. no, I didn't even hear them. That's good to hear. Right, okay, well, here we go then. So, let us commence the game. I'm going to ask questions in alphabetical order. So, Boggs, I'm going to ask your question first, then DCT, then Ocho. And you'll notice the theme running through these questions. They are all in some way related. They're certainly all related to sitcom, and most of them are related to sitcom club from this year. Now, just to say, thank you very much to all of you who tweeted us with regard to your favourite Christmas sitcom. Ocho will be replying to some of your tweets later on in the show. So, just to advise you of one crucial rule in the game, at random intervals, they may be a noise like this. Ah! If you hear that noise, then that means that in the terminology of the game, you have been blakeyed. And there is a photograph on the Flickr stream of a blakeyed card. And I suspect that at least one of us is going to turn this into our avatar on a forum pretty soon afterwards. So if you do get blakeyed, then you're going to have a forfeit. So beware. All right. Oh, I can feel the tension right now. This, this is, this is. I can cut it with a carving knife. Right. Okay. No, then. So, I, I, let us to come be honest, I'm not really listening because I still have the theme tune to the gaffer stuck in my head. He's the gaffer, and he's always on the job. He's the gaffer. Let us commence. So, rev up your engines, chaps. I'm not hearing any engines being revved up. Vroom! 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 I didn't say. I didn't say. Pop. So haunt me. I said, rev up your engine. <laughs> What, uh, is this a sort of when you say engine? Do you mean kind of the, like the odd man out kind of car, or 
You're driving a bus. It's cold on the buses. What do you think you're driving? Oh, uh, well, I, I thought maybe I'm just caught in traffic behind the bus. On the articulated all... lorry, is it? I have not explained this well enough. You are all bus drivers. Boggs, I'm going to say that you're going to be Stan. DCT, you are Jack. Ocho, you are Larry Martin, who doesn't hey, hey. have a name. Okay? From the special. So, rev up your engines. And here we go. Boggs, first question to you. Still game. Where is Still Game set? Do you want the name of a city? No, I want the name of the fictitious location. Because yes, it's set in Glasgow, but a specific fictitious town. I'm going to say Thorny Hill. It's not, I'm afraid. I can pass it over. Glasgenberg. Ocho, I'll pass it over to yourself. <laughs> Scumpo. It's <laughs> the right answer. Of course it wasn't. It was Craig Lang. Ah, oh, disappointing. You know, yep, yep. you know why I yes. didn't think about that? I would have got that, but when you said still game, for some reason my head went game on, which we haven't done. I do have that problem myself sometimes of getting the two mixed up. Yeah, I did actually see an episode of Game On for, I think it was... This, this is why they can't do an open all hours. You can't have still Game On. It will just confuse people. Or maybe <laughs> bringing the two together in a marvellous crossover. Ocho, why did I have to watch Game On the other week? What were we talking about? I have no idea. On? Wasn't it swearing? Oh, I have no idea. Anyway, all I was going to say is, DCT, if you want to do Game On, great, but I won't be there. Neither will I, so it's just going to be a <laughs> ad- abject silence. Test torn. Okay, DCT, your first question. Would you please name the actor who plays Pete the Jakey in Still Game? He's an old man. Oh, wait. Oh, but there's so many cameos. No, it's a semi-regular character. Oh, mm. I, know, I know the cameos better. Was it Omuk something? So I'll pass over to Boggs or Ocho, who wants to hazard a guess. And so far, these buses have not even left the damn engine. <laughs> so you're actually, you're living up to Stan Jack's reputation as being... <laughs> I'll have a wild guess. Stanley Baxter. Is the wrong answer, Ocho. Tony Osoba, that's the only Scottish actor I can think of just right now. It was not indeed. Actually, funnily enough, his name is Pete the Jakey in the show. His real name is Jake Darcy. So, bad luck. And actually, you would have seen Jake Darcy in the Christmas episode of Outnumbered a few years back as well. He's David Rowell's friend in the old folks' home. He comes to... Boxing Day dinner with them. Ocho, your still game question. Clive Russell playing Innes in a cameo. What drink is it that sends him over the edge? Somebody's got to get this. But Ocho, you're first up. Caramel brulee frappuccino. It's the wrong answer. So, Borgenstrovia and DCT, the first one to shout out when I say go, we'll get this because I already heard you, DCT, mumble that you know the answer. So, hold fire. What drink is it that sends Innes over the edge? Go. It's Midori. It is Midori. The Sturi Midori, indeed. Well done. Okay, then. So, let us have a look. DCT, you have manoeuvred four stops on the board. There's a movement. Fantastic. Okay. Question two. Bogenstrovia. Up Pompeii. What was the episode that we discussed on the sitcom club? The Ides of March. Is wrong. I'll pass it over. Well, I, I know what the content was. Miss Butimus, uh, wasn't it when they were selling off a woman to some men? Uh, it was not the answer I'm looking for. The answer I was looking for was Vestal Virgins. Uh, I was thinking Caligula. DCT, your question. <laughs> Bob Guccione directs Frankie Howard. 
DCT, your question. One There's of the a great actors story, in that it's, episode. It's, John Gilgood's in Caligula, isn't he? Everyone's in Caligula. It's insane. It's I, and I, he's I, faced with all these naked men, and he sees their members, and he turns to I can't remember who he turned to. Goes, do you think they're real? <laughs> Doesn't Frankie? Isn't Frankie Howard in? And, and he <laughs> and he goes. And doesn't he go to the camera at some point and he goes, oh, like that. And then Bob Guccione films some X-rated scenes. Are you not thinking of that film where they had the extra scenes included because Paul Raymond said it wasn't pornographic enough? I know that Channel 4 specifically made their own edit where, for the censorship Are you trying to drag season. this friend to come play with me again? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, you I'm are. Just saying, I'm, just, I'm just saying, just saying that's all. DCT, your question for our Pompeii. In that episode... Best of Virgins. One of the actors, I've just knocked over your bus, by the way, with my hand. One of the actors, Leon Fowle. Like 28 days later, yeah. One of the actors, Leon Fowle, he went on to produce which beloved children's drama series? Can I have a. Okay. <laughs> it, that's what it was called. It was called Oh! Uh, on the, on STV. Now, can I have a clue? Well, the, the clue is that Ocho knows exactly what I'm talking about, so ask Ocho for a clue. Is what? it the bu- you, of course you do. I mention every bloody week. Oh, I, oh, oh, yeah. That's why I chose this question. Ah, the French champagne. <laughs> Is it? Oh, well, if it... <laughs> ah, the French. <laughs> uh, well, I was going to wager a guess then at something that proceeded on the buses, but if it's something that followed on from, uh, I'd love to say something like... <laughs> actually, then I realised that Boss uh, Bread Boss Winner Hog wasn't a children's show. And did not follow on from on the buses. So I'm going to go with Box of Delights. No, Ocho, give us the answer. Teabag? Right then, two stops for you. Hang on, where the hell are you? Put your bus in the wrong place. Well, he's driving in the wrong right, lane because he's abroad. Right, this is not the right... Okay, this is... This, right, okay, I'm going to get rid of that bloody card. Hang on a minute. Right, Ocho, your question. Up Pompeii is the name of the spin-off film. Give me the name of the old two films. Up the chastity belt and up the front. Way hey, you've got one stop. Let's move you on there. Which colour are you again? You're green. Are you red? Shit, you're green. It's you? not easy being right, hang green. On. This is this is getting confusing. I told you this board game Why was confusing. Why are there so many? Sorry. We've been joined by the Jim Henson workshop. Songs about rainbow. I used to be able to do a good impression. I can only do that bit, though. <laughs> Why are there so many? Oh, I can't do it now. Right then. Bugs. Men behaving badly. Unseen by the viewers, before Gary lived with Dermot, who was his first flatmate? Roger. Is wrong. It's wrong. Oh dear. And do you know what? Just for the hell of it, I'm not even going to bother passing it over. Right, DCT, your man behaving better than answer was Clive, by the way. That was never seen, presumably. No, because at the beginning of episode... Oh, I don't know what it is. But you hear Dorothy say first there was Clive, then there was Dermot, then there's Tony. Okay, DCT, your question, in which series does the writer Simon Nye make a brief appearance? Oh, uh, series two, uh, appearing as a potential flatmate for Gary. Indeed. Correct. Well done. Okay, then. So, which colour are you again? You're red, aren't you? Right, okay. You've got one stop. There you go. Right, okay. Ocho, name the guest star in the 1997 comic relief Men Behaving Badly episode. Kylie Minogue. Correct. Really? Well done. Yes. Not well quite done. serious. That's right. Okay. That was a guess. Yeah. I just thought, who's the kind That's of person brilliant. who does that kind of thing? Who would fit in with their world? Okay. 
Fantastic. Okay, then let's move you up there. So you have got an extra stop. Now let me just make a quick note of this. And I was this. thinking it was kind of unfair you asking because I wasn't on that panel. Well, you know, I did think that, but this game isn't fair. Luxton Bus Company isn't fair. Life isn't fair. So it's Blakey's rules. Now, so far, DCT, you're in the lead with five bus stops. Otro, three bus stops. Boggs, you're still in the bus garage. Right then, okay, question four. And it's for yourself, Boggs, first of all. And the subject is, not on your Nelly. In a parallel universe, not on your Nelly is the longest running episodic television program in history. Is that true or false? It is... True, I'm going to say. It is absolutely true. Well done. So two stops for yourself. There you go. Okay, you've got some action now. You've won the board. Okay, DCT, your question. What is the worst thing about not in your Nelly? (laughs) The unresolved fight in the opening credits. Yes, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that is absolutely true. I'll give you that. Okay, then. uh, That's three stops to yourself. Move you on there. There we go. And Ocho, your Nelly question is... Which actor? Listen carefully. Which actor did not appear in Not in Your Nelly? Was it Robert Dorning, Richard Wilson, or Al Pacino? Al Pacino. He pulled out at the last minute. <laughs> well, I've heard that rumor, but yeah. <laughs> so yeah, well done. Congratulations. You got an extra stop. There you go. Right then. Okay. Now we're gonna have a little break after the next question. All right, because we're gonna keep the tension going for the show. Now everyone's favorite sitcom, Odd Man Out. Ooh. Boggins trivia. How many comedy albums did John Inman release? I will say two. Ah, is the wrong answer. Oh. I'll throw it over. Three. Is the right answer. Congratulations. Okay, and you... Oh, dearie Comedy me. is debatable. Oh, have I been blakied? You're gonna, oh, you're going to wish you hadn't answered now. Ah. <laughs> you have been blakied, Ocho, and you have a forfeit. You have to carry it. Your forfeit is this. You have to give, in 30 seconds, a convincing explanation as to why Keeping Up Appearances is your favourite comedy show. So I'm basically asking you to lie through your teeth, but you've got to do it with absolute conviction, and the rest of us will be your judge and jury. You have 30 seconds beginning now. Roy Clark, writer of such greats as Open All Hours and The Magnificent Evans, finally brings together all the various... Strands that he's had running throughout his work, like the neighbours in Potter and stuff like that. And of course, he has such well respected people. Josephine Tewson, of course, worked with the two Ronnies. Patricia Routledge, respected Shakespearean actress, and somebody who was in Heidi High. And it's a chance to redeem himself from the fact that, not, not that he got Heidi High cancelled, but nobody seemed to love him as much as Simon Cadell. And it was wrong, so it's finally good for him to be taken to the hearts of the nation through the work of Roy Clark. And also, the guy who played the postman was in an episode of Ever Decreasing Circles as somebody who wanted to buy Martin's house and didn't. He was also in Hard Day's Night as the kid who helps Ringo throw a tyre into a canal. So, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it there first, Ocho confirming that Keeping Up Appearances is his favourite comedy show. I think that was good enough, wasn't it, chaps? I've listened to the Sitcom Club episodes that I'm not in on loop, so I'm, I could more than happily listen to, <laughs> to, to, to uh, convincing or otherwise conversations, to be fair. Okay, well, congratulations then, Ocho, and you have successfully won, blimey, you've done it right here, five stops. Core. All right then. So let's have a wee look. See now. Okay, we've got a couple more questions before we break for half time. Still on odd man out. DCT. 
Name the actor, if you will, who plays the driving instructor in the episode Clunk Click. He was he also in other things, and one of those other things was the Fall and Rise of Reginald Perrin. No, that was a trick query. Was he had? I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna have to put it because you don't know, he, do you? So he, <laughs> he, he has a sleazy face. No, he, no, he really doesn't. Actually, he's got quite a kindly face. I'm gonna throw this over. Telfrin Thomas. No, oh, I wish. I was thinking of the bank manager, by the way, when I thought sleazy face. I'm gonna have got Hugh Paddock. No, it wasn't. Fight Derek Francis. There you go. Okay, and Ocho, would you please name the actress who appeared with John Inman in both? Odd Man Out and Are You Being Served? No. I mean, I can, I can visualise her, but I don't know her name. Throw open. I should know this. I watched it today and saw her face. Yvonne Gouligan. Ah, it's, it's not it's so close. As in, it's a name, but alas, it's not the right name. The right name was Vivian Johnson. So, okay. We have reached... Who, who can whistle? Because I can't. My voice is knackered anyway. Can somebody blow a whistle like a referee? That wasn't bad, actually. That wasn't bad. Okay, well, that is half-time in the game. And the scores, as they stand now, coming up the rear with no, with two bus stops, Boggins Trovia. DCT, you're currently eight bus stops, but with a whopping ten bus stops. Not quite 500 yet, like John Shuttleworth, but Ocho, you are our leader at the moment. Haha, <laughs> postage. I've just <laughs> the bloody cards on my keyboard and make a... Oh, God. Right, okay. I'm just. I'm so glad that I didn't actually say... I was thinking of saying the winner's going to receive this board game. I am actually seriously thinking of... Oh. Yeah, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. At some point in the new year, I'm thinking of actually offering this board game as a prize to sitcom couple listeners. It will not be available to yourselves, chaps. I'm sorry to say. Staff cannot enter this competition. But in the new year, I'm thinking of offering the On the Buses board game as a prize. And it is used. I mean, don't expect brand new because 1973, God's sake. Does it, but does all the it bits mean that they're going to get a signed version of a game? I'll have a stab at Stan <laughs> Blakey's face. Butler's autograph, <laughs> if, you, if you want. I mean, it's not going to be legit. I mean, is anybody in touch with Anna Karen? Can we get her to sign um, it? I've got um, an article clipping I can... <laughs> I can include. <laughs> it's from a repeat in Playbirds, which was a Come Play With Me special, which I inadvertently have because a relative of mine claims to have done illustrations in it. Legitimately, not just not just graffiti. Legitimately. <laughs> I think you just meant you just tick cross, yes, okay. tick cross. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like, a, just a, like a pirate's face. Now, Ocho, if you're keeping count, DCT introduced Come Play With Me into the conversation there. It wasn't me. Now, okay. Now, let's get to some Christmassy business, shall we? At the halfway point. Ocho, we tweeted out earlier on about people's favourite Christmas sitcom episodes and we've had some lovely responses. From associate member of the sitcom club, Squiddy, in the reply to uh, what are your favourite sitcom Christmas specials, he said Pinky and the Brain. He didn't say Alf, I know it. Uh, from G. Baker, Silly But It's Fun, The Good Life Christmas Special from 1977. Is that the one that sort of undoes the downer ending? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I know it's the Ooh Bird, isn't it? Where they're wearing all the... Um, is is that the last episode ever? That's my question. No, no, it isn't ah, okay. the last episode ever, no. Didn't it have a downer ending and then there's one more special that kind of like, don't worry, don't worry, we, we're not going to leave them... 
wasn't it in the, the there wasn't the downer episode sort of where they came back and found the garden and they, the, uh, someone had been yeah everything pig- had been trashed and they'd, they'd been so hand to mouth so, wasn't there like so, a dead pig in it or something surely not at Merry Christmas, Christmas everybody oh yes what's <laughs> you can't have a dead pig at Christmas would you like another chipolata <laughs> I'd like to just point out that on the YouTube's there was a selection of Christmas adverts from 1979 and one of them is Richard Briars and Felicity Kendall, in roles not too dissimilar to Tom and Barbara, advertising Polaroid cameras. But the thing is that they're doing up the tree and what have you, and in their living room, they've got all the mod cons and what have you. So we have to assume from that, if we're going to include that as part of the Good Life canon, that about a year or so after the Good Life ended, they pat in all the self-sufficiency lark, and Tom went back to work as a draftsman and just went back to normal. And then they bought a Polaroid camera. Maybe it's a flashback to when he was still 39 and hadn't decided on self-sufficiency. You see, you're too quick. I was going to say, what what were we going to use a Polaroid camera for? Oh, you, know, no, you can use Polaroid cameras for nice, family-friendly events. No, you can't. You it says on the box. We know what you're going to do with this. So just <laughs> <laughs> Please put a piece of black tape over this brand name, because, to be honest, we don't like being associated with people like you. <laughs> Tom Good's double Polaroid. Anyway, oh. I haven't finished reading out tweets. I know, I know. Cameron Yard Jr. tweeteth us, Porridge, the desperate hours, tied with only fools and horses, the jolly boys outing. And Laps Cat. Not exactly a sitcom, but Smith & Jones' Christmas home video is classic. Len the Lodger is sadly oh, yeah, missed. Yeah. yeah, indeed. And if you're not aware... DCT, you know you're going to have a peek at the Radio Times in just a moment, but if you're not aware, there was a tribute to Mel Smith on Christmas Eve on BBC Two, I think it's 9.45, and it's repeated a few days later as well. Yeah, I I love that homemade Christmas video, and I think I found that about about five years ago, I think I found it, kicking about somewhere on the internet, and I wish that was being repeated this year. It was was really massive at the time. My recollection is a lot of people talking about it. And it just never, it just sort of faded from view. That, of course, is a bloody good segue coming up here, right? So get ready for this. Everybody sit at the edge of your seat, okay? The homemade Christmas, I don't know why I'm saying it like Paul Heine, I'll, I'll speak normally. The homemade Christmas video is a feature length version of what was a small series of sketches within Smith and Jones. Now let's turn that round on its head, so to speak, and look at full length things cut down to size. Bog and Strovia, you have previously written extensively about Christmas Night with the Stars and its ITV copycat version, and that used to contain quite a few mini sitcom treats, did it not? Yes, yes, it did, exactly. There are, for example, they've tried to restage this over the years. It was the infamous 1994 edition. Yes. And there was also... I think there was like a sort of unofficial sort of Des O'Connor type thing, and then Michael Parkinson brought it back in 2003 as a one-off. But the bulk of it, I think, am I right in thinking it was 58 to 72? Uh, yes, yes, it was 58 to 73, I think it was. Certainly BBC was. ITV was about 68 to about 73, it was... And the ITV, the ITV version is called All Star Comedy Carnival. The ITV version is particularly sitcom heavy, isn't it? 
what's unusual about this is that you've got all the companies working together for one single network program. But I think I'm right in saying the survival rate of these shows is not particularly good, is it? No, no, no. Most most of the um, footage uh, shows which have been broadcast would have now been pretty much junked. It's very lucky if you can find uh, certain clips on sites like YouTube, but you're very unlikely to find it on a common release anywhere. Oh, sure. Are there any... I'm thinking of things like the Dustbin Men. Are there any... The Dustbin Men segment is on the Dustbin Men DVD set. Grand. So there's a wee, hand, there's a wee handful that, that have managed to survive. Bogginstrovia, can you just remind people... I mentioned it last week, but just in case people didn't hear it, could you just remind people of your blog address where they can find your post about those shows? Yes, it's Bogginstrovia, but it's B-O-G-G-E-N-S-T-R-O-V-A dot blogspot dot com. Now, one of the inserts that does survive... Thankfully, and I think I don't think I'm overstating it to say that it is the reason that we are not just playing the board game today, but in fact the reason that we are all gathered here today, and quite possibly the reason why the sitcom club is actually in existence and was conceived in the first place, is that the 1972 On the Buses Christmas special is in existence and is available for people to see on YouTube. Save you having a search for it. If you go to sitcom club dot com forward slash buses that will take you straight to the YouTube page where it's located. Now DCT, I know that you've been affected by some of the issues in that episode. I don't want to bring up painful memories for you, but could you just elaborate a little bit on what goes on? Well, essentially, as uh, we've discussed previously, it's filmed in a very strange way, uh, which gives it this whole nightmarish quality. But it's also the fact that you have the bus is cleared of the drunks that of the that of the evening as it's indeed coming up to christmas and someone has left a, a live goose on the bus uh, as you do and subsequently the gus uh, the gus gus the goose the gus gus goose goosey gus bus uh, escapes and chaos ensues where uh, everyone at some point throughout the proceedings gets covered in like mud and flour and blood, tears and sweat. Dear, dear. It's the audience that's Midori. And it culminates... Sapphire and steel. <laughs> Blakey's... Terry uh, and June? Putting... Bootsy and Snudge? Gets a uh, goose egg, a, ferti- a fertilised goose egg. Um, you just see a dead goose chart just dripping off his face. Uh, and he just goes... Aah! It, it it basically yeah a goose lays an egg in his hat and he puts the hat on and he just lets it drip down his face as he's drawn on as it, and his mustache at this point doesn't look like a mustache it just looks like a it looks like just a bit of shoe polish and it looks like sadness personified <laughs> well Blakey's but it looks like you know that bit at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark where the face melts that that's Blakey. And Blakey's melting face, just covered in runny fertile. Is Stephen Lewis being in Red is the Lost Ark any less likely than Ronald Lacey? Really, <laughs> I, do, I do like the idea that one of the uh, some someone, if anyone listening is willing to do a YouTube tribute which crosses over the audio of Blakey 
to that Indiana Jones scene where it's like, oh, as, as his face is melted off. I'd be very happy to see that. It might even like remedy the trauma. Now, when you said, they said that it's filmed in a strange way, which I mean, that for itself is strange, the fact that it's filmed and also that it's so damn dark. At certain points, it looks like they've used a very slightly fish-eyed lens. There's a bit where they pan around Blakey's office and there's, it just kind of bends weirdly, like it was meant to be shown on a hemispherical screen, some sort of Omnimax show. <laughs> Stephen Lewis's hair is just slightly too long which is alarming for some reason. Then you've got Anna Karen pushing her nose up against the bus window, just pulling a uh, kind of face. But she has no in-character reason for doing it. And, of course, Reg Varney isn't there, and he's turned into Lani Martin. Now, that does actually happen in Series 7, when Reg Varney leaves and he's replaced... There's a few different characters that come in on a one-off basis, and Lionel Martin's one of them. But that hasn't happened yet. We've also got <laughs> so... the bit where they, they decide they're going to cook the goose, and you've got Jack just moving towards it, going... <laughs> and it's like, right, if your plan is successful... We know it's not going to be, but it's like, so if your plan is successful, you're going to break the neck of a goose, laughing all the while. You'll probably start playing with its neck, swinging it around. And we already have established, Boggs, have we not, that Jack is a man, I was going to say, of low moral standards. Jack has no moral standards whatsoever. No. Jack, I suspect... He has immoral standards, actually. He tries to to work against all that is good and kind in the human spirit. I think that Jack would snap your neck like a twig in order to get the 50 pence piece of And we've got to deal with the ending. Yeah. Of which there is none. (laughs) <laughs> it's just them all backing away from the goose and we assume that that is the last we'll see of them and the goose rules the depot now and they will just just be cowering against the wall until they inevitably starve to death and i mean Boggs, we should establish also that this isn't some you know this isn't some cartoon spin-off by the makers of tea time and claudia this these are five adults who are unable to control one goose well, yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a type of type of situation that you would get in, um, say, in Christmas Night with the Stars or uh, All Star Comedy Carnival. It's not so much a full episode. It's just like just like a sketch with these, you know, the characters you know, like in Christmas Night with the Stars, for example. At the start of the sixties, you would get. Um, Sid James in Citizen James, Dad's Army, of course. And on the uh, ITV side, you would get the Fen Street Gang and, of course, the uh, previous incarnation, which was Please, Sir. Uh, oh, plenty of I've that. just... Oh, God. I've just remembered the nearest and dearest sketch from 1972. <sighs> Has it got a goose in it as well? Oh, I might as well have. No, it's poodle. got Hilda Baker. It's just them snapping Jim- poodles. and <laughs> It's got Hilda Baker and Jimmy Jewell supposed to be, like, aged six or something. Oh, Nelly flashbacks. Oh, oh sure, you've spoken before on many an occasion about the hauntology area of the internet. This is it, isn't it? Yeah. It's just the 16 mil grottiness of it. I'm so pleased that this survives because... This really wouldn't have been seen by that many people because, I mean, it went out once 
as far as we're aware, I don't think that Bogs aren't right in thinking that they didn't repeat things like All Star Comedy Carnival, even in the, like you know Christmas specials quite yeah. often got repeated in the summer, but they didn't yeah. repeat something like no, that. It was so no, it would be over the top it festive. was almost impossible to you know in the middle of August you're not going to have Jimmy Tarbuck say, "Oh look at this, oh there's stuff in Turkey." So the chances are it's quite legitimate to to think that this got shown once, and most of the population would have been watching BBC anyway. So most people never saw this. And it doesn't turn up on the discs. I've got the On The Buses box set on the shelf. I've just made that statement openly. DCT, you probably got like Breaking Bad and the Wired box sets. I've got On The Buses box set. That is my HBO. T- to be honest, I first time I ever saw that sketch, I thought it was... Breaking a- Bad. <laughs> hey! Who <laughs> is the danger? Um, I am the one who knocks... Um, no, it's, to be honest, when I first saw that sketch, I thought it was a cut scene from Deathline. Which um, Deathline is the least Christmassy Christmas film, as in it's nothing to do with Christmas. But if you edited out all the scenes of cannibalism, it is just Donald Sutherland having a pint, and it's great. And that's how you want to spend Christmas—just Donald Sutherland being a little bit antagonistic with his sidekick in a pub. Well, so instead of no sex, please, we're British. On Boozy on Late Night, they're going to have Deathline instead. Well, you know what? Funnily enough, um, they are having a hammer season. I know it's not Deathline, but it's not too far. They got Witchfinder General, and uh, and you know, so yeah. I mean, the thing is, I miss the I miss the days of when they used to have these kind of regular. I mean, I, I remember many years ago. Uh, I think it was some, must have been around the mid nineties. It was. I remember it's on the same VHS tape as the So Haunt Me Christmas special. So whenever that era may have been, but it was the when they did the Exorcist spoof. They had a Charlie Chaplin season on Channel 4, and they uh, they had a Laurel and Hardy season uh, intermittently on BBC Two. Most probably over Christmas, say ITV3, you must probably get the same lot of sitcom movies that they sort of show on bank holiday weekends. They have Are You Being Served, Man About the House, I think Steptoe and Son, Steptoe and Son Ride Again. Yep, Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah, uh, ITV3 on Christmas Day, tomorrow... If you're if you're listening on this on the day it's out, tons of carry on films on ITV three all day, right up to Gregory's Girl at eleven fifty. I'm happy to say also that there is actually an Ealing comedy season on BBC four. They're showing over decreasing over circles, well. the imaginary Ealing film. <laughs> now again, casting. No, hang on, we'll we'll save that for New Year. Uh, now DCT, you've got the Christmas Radio Times in front of you. There, you've been having a wee peek at it before we started today. What particular sitcoms older than you over the Christmas period have caught your attention? Well, uh, tomorrow on Christmas Day, the one that stood out for me was, well, Christmas Christmas Night with the Two Ronnies. It's not a sitcom, but it is uh, it, it is a classic. But in regards to sitcoms, that that is, uh, oh, yes, incidentally, that is 7.40 on BBC Two, if anyone's interested. But in terms of sitcoms himself, one of my favourite Christmas sitcom episodes, uh, Christmassy Ted, Father Ted, and that's uh, at 11.05pm on Channel 4. And it, a lot of people didn't like it because they thought it went on a little bit too long. And even in the commentary on on the DVD, they they, they sort of, oh, I say, oh, we should have cut this. And I I think it's great. I think it's perfectly paced. I think it has the pacing of an average Christmas day. That's the thing. It it has the moment where it's busy and manic, and then it has the moment where it's calm and quiet, and then it has the moment where it's you know resolve at the end of the day. And that, that, that's what I'm quite fond of. I think it's I think it's got the perfect timing and pacing of an average Christmas day. 
And the fact that it on the evening itself, it's followed on by one, two, three, four, six more Father Ted episodes. Uh, right into a matter of life and death at, inexplicably at 3.05 a.m. Yes, that'd be my first recommendation. As I said, you know, if, if you're waiting for a Christmassy Ted up to that point, you do have uh, tons of carry-on films uh, from um, 8.45 a.m. right through till uh, 11.50 p.m. on ITV3 on Christmas Day. And there is also not a Christmas, new Christmas episode of Greg Davis, Man Down, on Channel 4 on Christmas night. Now, is this, I ha, now you see, I haven't seen Man Down. Uh, this is the one where Rick Mail plays his father, is that right? Yeah, yes. Yeah. I would say it's a breakthrough sitcom hit of the year it is with Greg Davis. I, I, I approached it sort of thinking, well, you know, Channel 4... Of, with a sort of picture what happened in the end it sort of went down and down and down but I really do think that it's a, a real good series and it's really deserved a Christmas special it has this year and Greg Davis and Rick Mail together and you've also got um, Mrs McCluskey from Grange Hill they've really got a good strong cast and it is a real classic sort of sitcom with, say, Greg Davis's character, Dan, who's a bit of a loser, but that's one of the great traits about it, it is. Cool. So anything else DCT you spotted? Well, that was for Christmas Day, but for Boxing Day, well, aside from the fact, of course, you you have uh, Dad's Army, the film, at 6.15pm on BBC Two on Boxing Day. You, of course, you let's not forget that at 7.45, actually works in perfectly because uh, Dad's Army finishes at 7.45, but you flick over to uh, BBC One, and you have still open all hours, which is yet to be confirmed. But I am mildly concerned that there's the bleak concept of Granville has essentially never left. And that's a slightly bleak concept. I imagine Roy Clark's going to sell the idea. Bleak's not a very Roy Clark emotion. Melancholy is about as much as he manages. So I don't think he's going to have Granville just going, where did my life go? Maybe they'll make more of this one night stand he had in Blackpool. You know, Johnny Vegas is uh, appearing in it. Yes, I've seen the still that was tweeted. As a side note, I'm very intrigued by the concept of Boxing Day being this bleak situation because, I mean, across the Boxing Day terrestrial vibe, you have more or less this. You have Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 1. You have Independence Day. You have Machete. And you have Inland Empire. For those who don't know is a three-hour magnum opus of David Lynch that is, in my opinion, magnificent, but incredibly bleak. Aside from the fact that you also have Dracula with Peter Cushing and Legend with Tom Cruise and Tim Curry. Well, I remember when they put on Barnum and Boxing Day. Grim. <laughs> what? Yeah, they did. In what way is Barnum grim? Well, it was just on, wasn't it? It was just... But it's, it's good. I went to see Barnum live. When I was a kid, it was great. Yeah, but it's not. It's not. I mean, obviously, the, the jungle, better is Barnum is the film with Burt Lancaster, the TV movie. But I actually rewatched it on Netflix. What? Michael Crawford's Barnum? Yeah. Really? It's on, it's on Netflix. It, well, it was at one point. No, I just remember seeing it on Boxing Day and thinking, oh, bloody hell. There is the bleak bit when his wife dies. No, it wasn't that. It was just the fact that it was on for about an hour and a half. And if you, I, I guess if you come just... at the wrong. It's like I was saying to a friend when I was a child, I came into It's a Wonderful Life part way through. So to me, this was just the most terrifying film I'd ever seen. Because just this guy running around a sleazy town going, why doesn't anybody know me? <laughs> That's what I call a Thursday night. And there is a shot in there where 
James Stewart is just about to snap. He's in chiaroscuro, black and white, just looking into the camera. And it's, it's like, oh, God, the neck snappings are going to start any moment. When they're crowbarring in an adverts for American TV, this should just cut the beginning and the end of the film. They, they, they more or less like do that. if it's in the middle of the day and it's over over a 15 certificate. But um, I should point out for the record that the, the Carry On films continue on ITV3. But you get Steptoe and Son, Fierce Creatures, The Likely Lads, and Rising Damp, all the films there. Well, Fierce Creatures. Now, here's something. Rising Damp, the movie. Rising My Damp. memory of it is when they showed it in the tribute to Leonard Rossiter, they basically sliced the ending off. And the version somebody else claims is that, like, Rigsby just falls down the stairs. And then cuts back to a caption just going, and that was shown in tribute to Leonard Rossiter, who died earlier this week. My memory of the Yorkshire television showing is they didn't even get that far. It just freeze-framed with Miss Jones putting the candle out. And it was just a freeze-frame and a voiceover of one of the YTV continuity announcers saying the same thing. It was a bit scary. Well, you mentioned the, the films at ECT that were on Boxing Day. The Prince of Steptoe Son and The Like Lands are both HD if you've got the HD version, and they're really, really good copies. The only problem for the Leica lads is that, unfortunately, there's a hell of a lot of edits been made to ITV3's version of it, because seemingly they've got a catch-all version that goes out at any time, day or night, and some really just ridiculous edits, because there's no strong, strong language in the Leica lads. It's all in Uendo base, but yeah, there's one particular scene when, I mean, I'll, I'll be blunt about it, Terry goes out of the caravan for a piss. <laughs> They've seen fit to edit that out. Apparently, that's not something that you well, can show. Frontal. You cannot show James Bolan with his lad in his hand. Well, that's just not on. Um, but I mean, it, but hey. the thing is, though, is I, I heard there were two other edits that were made specifically for the benefit of Bolan and Booze editing the other one out for their own private viewing. <laughs> <laughs> Another sitcom movie which always seems to be on over Christmas is Porridge movie. It is. There is a Porridge uh, episode on BBC Two, I believe. The Desperate Hours is on uh, 29th of December on 7.15. But um, the, it, it is interesting. I mean, BBC Two seems to be the out-and-out out one ahead of everyone else in terms of repeats uh, for, for uh, classics. I mean, Dad's Army gets a, gets an appearance. Um, Ambassadors, it, now that's a new series that I haven't seen, that that's, uh, that's repeating. That's Mitchell and uh, Yes, yeah, I've, I've heard good things about that. So I will be investigating that as they are repeating that post-Christmas. Day. If anyone does happen to have a copy of the Radio Times in front of them, uh, I must also point out that on the back it has the creepiest British gas people <laughs> I've ever seen. Uh, it, it's like this weird animation thing of this like androgynous man face. <laughs> no, okay. The scores for people who don't remember. And Ocho, I mean, you're leading the game. You should be pleased to be getting this Great Comedy Moments DVD. I'm a sore winner. <laughs> well, we'll get an extra cushion then. <laughs> now, I'll be appearing on the good old days on Christmas night. No one. Right. Okay, Boggs, you are My parents were in the audience for that once. Danny Kay. He probably was on it once, wasn't he? Oh, I imagine well, on, so. On set, just wandering about. Velvet Underground. Asking for change. Lenny Bruce. That was... <laughs> Lenny I've, Bruce on the good old days. That was a that's Bennett. really spooky. I just when you said Lenny Bruce, I just looked up and I'm looking straight at the Lenny Bruce book that's on my bookcase right now. With forward by Leonard Sachs. <laughs> no, afterward Boggs, by Lenny the you Lion. Need, you need to put down what was that guy's name? Was it Terry? Terry something? What was his name? 
Terry Hall. That's it. Well done. I'm going to give you an extra point. There you go. Box, I'm going to give you an extra bus stop. Right. So, Box, you're at three bus stops. DCT, you're at eight. Ocho, you're at ten. Now, I'm going to warn you all. I was going easy on you all with the first half. The second half, there are going to be a lot more wild cards, a lot more Blakeys. All right? So you need to be on your on your toes. Now, Well, Boggs, I'm strengthening up with a square of Ghirardelli's peppermint bark. Don't be so filthy. Right, Boggs. Earlier on, I crowbarred in a reference to the beloved children's drama series Teabag. The writers of Teabag, Grant Cathro and Lee Pressman, they went on to create which beloved burger bar-based children's sitcom, which we've been promising to discuss on the show for the last eight months. I know this, I do. So, heaven help me if I get this wrong. It's, <laughs> it is spats, isn't it? Hey, it is indeed. Hey. You've got four bus stops. You're up to seven. Hey. You're, up to, you're only one behind DCT now. Well done. Okay, DCT, your question. The episode of Spats that was repeated back in January during CITV's Old School Weekend included a reference to the sale of a century, which had finished nine years earlier. According to a recent poll, what percentage of Spats audience had ever heard of sale of a century? One percent. Let me just check. Is the right answer. Two stops for you. Congratulations. Well done. Okay, Ocho. I'm now on to the milk chocolate with pumpkin spice caramel. I thought we were all doing this. I thought we were all getting the treats out. I've got next to me... A cup of coffee to which I added pumpkin spice creamer, and that didn't work. I'd used too much water, it was too watery, so I added some French vanilla creamer, and then I just chucked some chocolate milk in there to finally make it drinkable. Tell you what I have got in front of me. I've actually got the crepes. I'm sorry to hear that. (laughs) No, don't be horrible. Chocolate-filled, made in France, from Tesco. Oh, they're lovely. There's eight of them in a packet. They're only a pound. I've got two of them. Anyway, now, the point is this. I've got the Hunter sausage. (laughs) Pardon? It's it's lovely. My favourite episode of Calinet on to sausage. It's, no, it's it's Polish. It's Polish pork. And it's lovely, and it's, you can get that in Tesco as well. Now, okay, Ultra, no sponsors question. tonight. I, are you suggesting that I'm on the take? We Don't all are. Got British now, gas and Tesco's and <laughs> and the well. Okay, to redress the balance, my favourite tweet that I've seen in the last week. I don't. I'm sorry. I apologise to whoever put it out, but it was retweeted tons of times. Somebody said, "Oh, I noticed that uh, British Gas are using the theme from the A Team in their adverts." Well, that's appropriate because A Team are a bunch of mercenaries as well. Now, Ocho, when your question is this: When is Spats coming out in Blu-ray, and have they shot any new material for that? The answer is no because it's better that it sleeps in our memories. <laughs> okay, correct answer. Four stops for yourself, though, Chip. Boggs, this is the Only Fools and Horses round. What is the name, recently discussed on the show, of the non-broadcast Only Fools and Horses episode which concerns the oil industry? I'm going to say Peckham Gold. Ah, it is not, my afraid. I'm going to throw it over. Oh, I knew this. It's something like On the Brink or Up the Rank. Or runky or, of a bracket. Yeah, it's it's sort of like it's something like sp- spunky riggers or something. Or oh, if only. Sorry, no. we're talking about license to drill. We are indeed. Congratulations. I, sorry, I, I didn't hear the question because I went away to close the door. <laughs> Look, you're 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 breaking the you keep on breaking the fourth wall, right? We're trying to convince people that we are all in the same room and all sat round a lovely warm fireside. And Val Dunican's Well, I in the got corner. up to throw another Yule log on the fire then. 
but but you you opened the show with we're in different parts of the earth. No, but I was no, but that was backstage red button action. But no, I was I nearly I nearly gave you ten points there, which because I got confused. But no, you got five points for that. So congratulations, pardon. Um, I feel like the Bob Hope hologram. Someone. <laughs> what this is what at... you're fighting for? Is it? Which which one of us is the Les Dawson hologram? Oh, we don't need. Oh, we don't need to I go back. I think that would be me. It would be. No, DCT. I'm going to give you a bit of a wild card now. If you get this question wrong, you're going to get blakeyed. and you're going to do a forfeit. All right. Your only frozen horses question is: over the course of the complete series, which was 22 years, how many appearances are there by Jim Broadbent? Oh, um, is this with, and it has to be precise, has to be an exact. Yeah, how many episodes number. was Jim Broadbent in? All right. I'm not including his appearance in a photograph of a previous Jolly Boys outing in the last episode, by the way. How many shows does he actually appear in? Well, he's in To Hull and Back. Uh, he's in the, he's in the one where, spoiler alert, it was me. <laughs> That's how I remember that one. He's in the reunion one. He's in at least one where it's obviously revealed that Raquel, you know, is like, Ooh. so I'm going to say uh, it's a minimum of four. It's a minimum of four. Is the wrong answer. Well, what, is the minimum of four is the wrong answer? It is indeed, yes. What, is he in indeed. less than four? He's in three episodes. He is in the, the reunion episode, Class of 62, where it's revealed, spoiler alert, that he is Raquel's ex. As you say, to haul him back, and then a couple of years earlier, he's in one episode in the third series, and that is indeed it. That's your lot. And of course, if he'd taken up the offer of being Del Boy, as was originally planned, of course he would have been in all the episodes. So I'm afraid, DCT, that you have been blakied. Now, I can just apologise, by the way, because every time I do the blakey noise, if you're trying to work out what that noise was, I'm probably screaming into the microphone and, and it's going to be really off-putting, so I apologise for that. But anyway, DCT, you have a forfeit to perform. I would like you, in the style of whose line is it anyway, to act out a sketch in which Blakey is having an argument with a passenger who has lost their umbrella on the bus, and the passenger will be played by Leonard Rossiter. Oh, all right. And I'm playing both of them. Of course. 30 seconds, go. It's not even raining. Oh, Miss Jones. Oh, oh. Oh, that fertile goose egg on my face. Oh, 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 scrape it off with it, Broly. Oh, 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 aren't you meant to be driving the bus? Well, thank you very much for that. It's Anthony Neely and John Pertwee. I was going to say, it was nice to hear a little appearance by Kenneth Williams in the middle there. Yeah, exactly. It was as performed by the Noodle Doodle uh, Theatrical Operatic Society. That was lovely. Thank you very much, DCT. Uh, right, Ocho, your Only Fools and Horses question. Which actor appeared in both a Christmas episode of Only Fools and Horses and in Markham and Wise Night Train to Murder? Fulton Mackay? No. It was, in fact, Roger Briarley. He is a friend of Heller's, who Del Boy is seeing in the episode Diamonds are for Heller. And of course, he is the butler at the house in Night Train Tomorrow. So the scores at present, 
Cogs. You're still bringing up the rear, but you're not doing too badly. You've got seven bus stops. DCT, 10. Ocho, 19. How? Yeah. Well, because you, because you get a card every time you get a question right, and you were getting some whoppers there. You were getting five stops a time. I've got to post that bloody DVD to California. Bollocks! I'm gonna have to do a Kickstarter for this. Everybody, if everybody who's listening to this donates a penny, then I can just about send it off. It's time for an open round now. No points available in this. It's just for pride. The game is What's My Name? Okay. Fingers on buzzers, everybody. What's my name? Beep! No, who was that? Was that you, Ocho? Yeah? That was me. Right, what's my name? Mooncat. Congratulations, well done. Okay, now just as well there weren't any points available there, because you'd be racing ahead with this by now. Right, okay, now, Boggs, your next question is on the subject of Last of the Summer Wine. I would like the names, please, of the roles that were played by Michael Bates, Brian Wilde, and Michael Aldridge. And I've got a Blakey card in my hand, if you don't get this right. Foggy is obviously... Brownwald, I'm going to say Michael Aldridge, truly, and I haven't got a clue about the other one. Ah, last not, last not. So, Boggs, I'm sorry, but you have been blakeyed. Your forfeit is I would like you to name ten individual instances of well-known sitcom actors lowering their standards and appearing in bloody awful 1970s sex comedies. Go. Catherine Thomas in Come Play With Me. Alfie Bass in Come Play With Me. <laughs> I'm just remembering I'm sat in the bed with George Harrison Marks with the <laughs> product placement copy of... What was it? Was it Penthouse? Was that... Well, no, it wasn't Penthouse. That's American. White House, it? wasn't it? Yeah, that's it. That's White it. Yeah, because that's he actually cool. named it after Mary Whitehouse. I'll <laughs> say oh, Roy Kinnear in Eskimo now. Oh, yes, yes. I forgot that. I think there's Henry McGee in Percy. Yes. Bob Todd in... Up, down, <laughs> ups and downs. Ups and downs, that's man. it, yeah. Chick Murray's in that as well. Box, 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 box. Barry Evans in Under the Doctor. Barry Evans in Under the Doctor. Richard Waters in Confessions of Wonder Barry Kuna. Evans in, in um, Adventures of a Taxi Driver. Yeah, there you go. Oh, Robert Lindsay. Robert Lindsay's in it. He doesn't like to remember this. Robert Lindsay, from like all those programs on the telly, he is in Adventures of a Taxi Driver, and quite prominently as well. It's not just he's in the background. I'll, I'll say... Doesn't ask for top Chris, billing on that. Christopher Mitchell, who plays a robotic butler in Comeback Mrs. Noah... Is in What's Up Superdoc. Yes. Leslie Ash is in Rosie Dixon Night Nurse. Is she? Yes. Right. That's just been promoted to top of my viewing list. Uh, and one uh, of the three two one girls is in Come Play With Me. French lady. Yes. There you go. Yes. Gavin French Campbell is in the play. And can bird. I say Robin Asquith <laughs> having yes, a conversation Campbell, with Dave the Barman? I'll tell you something which does link Gavin Campbell. He's in, I think it's the original Wonder Buses movie as Motorcycle Cop. Is he really? Blame me. Oh, I need to check that out. I forgot. I didn't, didn't realise it was. Himself. And I'm sure Wendy Richard is as well as a um, as a housewife. There's one scene where Stan goes to collect his mum's washing, right? And Blakey takes the washing to say, I'm going to confiscate it. And Wendy Richard and another actress say, oh, he's a pervert because he brings out bras and knickers and things like that. 
<laughs> One more, obviously, Robin Asquith Confessions films. Yeah, yeah there you go. Oh, hey, have you heard the news? Have you heard the breaking yeah. news? The Blake, the Blaking news. Well, might as well be. Blaking Robin news? Asquith is in Coronation mm-hmm. Street just now, apparently. Is he? Yes. I know he's been in EastEnders. I'll try and see that. Breaking the fourth wall, occasionally looking at the camera with a sly wink, going, Wah. No, he's looking at the camera in abject horror, going, I was in If. I was in If, you know. Unless I got this wrong, I think he's in Cory and he's playing, he's supposed to be like, what's his name, Trevor Eve? He's supposed to be like a 60s pop star. Oh, that sounds good. Trying to have a revival. That, sound, that yeah. sounds good, because he, he used to do a very good um, Mick Jagger move on an advert for Boots. Not the chemist, the item of clothing, and he comes out as this fantastic Jagger. I mean, there's no shame now in being on Coronation Street. I mean, since Ian McKellen and Robert Vaughan have done it, but even in the old days, really. Wild card round, and there are five bus stops available for this. Okay, get ready. Now, fingers and buzzers, first buzzer, will get this. The round is called Who Am I? Now, it's not me this time, okay? Don't guess Mooncamp. When asked, allegedly, allegedly, when asked for an autograph in Australia from a fan who did not have a pen at the ready, replied, what do you want me to sign it with, my prick? Valerie Singleton. You didn't press your buzzer. No, that's the sound his buzzer makes. <laughs> Valerie Singleton. <laughs> it's the wrong answer. Boggs, Ocho, any guesses? It's Wilfred Bramble. It is, of course. It is, of course. Didn't he also um, slag yes. off their cathedral? Oh, great. That's a great start, isn't it, for him? When you say slag yeah. off their cathedral, did you? Ain't your cathedrals a yeah, lot of old it's, shit? It really is something like that. He's he's a, was appearing in some small Antipodean town. <laughs> it's like Wilfred, great to have you. I hate your cathedral. And apparently, because the cathedral is a big source of pride, it's basically like the worst thing you could say there. And your uncle George is dead. Now, DCT, your question about last summer, right? I would like the names, please, of the roles that were played by Frank Thornton. Kathy Staff and Peter Salas. Is this a Blakey? It's, just a general it's not a Blakey. Question. No, no, it's oh. not a Blakey. No, no. Well, Ka- Kathy uh, Staff, Nora Batty. Yeah. And who are the other two? Did you say Frank Thornton? Frank and... Thornton. Yeah. And the other one? The other one was Peter Salas. Ah, well, Peter Salas, uh, yeah, Clegg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes. Uh, you had Wallace Gromit. Yeah. No, Frank Thornton. This always uh, sideswipes me a bit, Frank Thornton, because I always get confused. There's so many people <laughs> who ultimately blend into one old wrinkle. He was he the first, one of the first, or was he one of the last? He of the appeared summer? in the last thirteen ah. years of episodes. Ah, I'm gonna. Give... And also, according to Ocho, appeared in every single British film ever. Oh made. hell yeah! Is that right? All the ones I'm watching, anyway. He's got his own particular channel on Netflix, is he not? It seems like it. And he always wore a hat. Uh, so I'm going to call it, I'm going to go with a complete guess. Uh, Reg the Goose. Alas, not. Alas, not. He was truly of the yard. Which is why I didn't answer Boggs when he guessed truly earlier on. So, yeah. Alas, not. Well, I got, I got two out of three. You did, but no points. And Ocho. I know. The names, please, of the roles played by Bill Owen, Forahart, and Jane Freeman. Bill Owen was William Compo Simonite. Was Jim Freeman Glenda, as in Barry and? And Thora's name just completely gone from my head. I can't even remember the surname to walk, work back from. No, I've got, no, I see, this is 
Well, I've been exposed now because I just assumed that you were going to get that right, so I didn't even bother to have the answers in front of me. So I could go into IMDb and look it up, but I can tell you that Jane Freeman was Ivy in the calf. Oh, yes. And Thor Hard would have been Thor Hard. Thor had just casually sunk further and further into that chair by the end of the whole series. She just... You're thinking of a praise B. You're thinking of a cream cracker under the settee. I'm thinking of Albert yes. Finney in Cold Lazarus. Oh, now, who's who's watching Albert Finney's version of Scrooge this Christmas? Or is it just me? Well, I probably am because my sister-in-law's got it on Blu-ray. I'm not a big fan, though. Even Alec Guinness isn't particularly good in that. And that takes no, well, hang on. Well, who's, well, who, who, are the, who are the ghosts in that? Kenneth Moore as Christmas Present. A cloak with a unbilled person inside it as Christmas Yet to Come. Played by Ken Jones. Reveals himself later on. And Daft Head from Wurzel Gomage's Christmas Press. Hey! Boggs, you need to get some bus stops here, okay? Now, your question, your penultimate question. This round is on Come Back, Mrs. Noah. What is the name of the news programme hosted by Gordon Kay? Far and wide. Congratulations, and you I've have won one. four bus stops. Well done. I thought you were going to say a whole set in tennis. <laughs> DCT. Mrs. Noah visits the space station as a prize for winning Modern Housewives what competition? Don't be filthy. <laughs> well, Modern Housewives... I was going to say... I was going to say try and guess the year. Modern Housewife of the year, but uh, of the year 2050 or something like that. No, it was a specific competition that she won. She mentioned what her entry was. Ah, about it. Oh, uh, Can it lost, be for an so. open? Um, I'll open it up. I'll open it up to anybody else who wants to guess. DCT, you passing on this? Cleanest Kitchen or something. It is not. I'll open it up. Can I say Cook of the Year? It is. It's Cookery Competition. Hey. Congratulations. <laughs> Boggs? Yes? You have won five stops. <laughs> Bloody hell. Okay, this is getting tight. Although it isn't really. But Ocho? Well, no, I'll, I'll be off. Don't lose heart. It's everything to play for, DCT. And let's face it, you're playing for a DVD that was given away with the sun. In that respect, yeah. I feel like I've won already. <laughs> right, okay. Ocho. In addition to the visit to the space station, what other prize did Mrs. Noah win? I just thought it was some sort of food mixer, wasn't it? Um, it was some I sort just of realized I didn't actually... contraption. It was a button, and you press the red button, and a joke happened. <laughs> it was a joke, Peter. Um, I've just realised actually that I haven't even bothered writing down the answer for this either. But as I remember, it was I think an atomic toaster. Oh, okay. Know? No, it wasn't. No, wasn't it? No. What was it? It was oh. an atomic tea maker. It was. Oh, was it? Oh, right. Okay. Uh, spiffing. Okay, okay. Right. Okay. So the the points at the moment are DCT ten points. Well, I've changed it now. It's no longer bus stops. I've just given up on its points now. Boggs sixteen points. Ocho. 24 points. But there are still 500 points available in the bonus round. 500 <laughs> bus stops. Now, your final question, everybody. And it's random. Do you have the genuine answers in front of you for these ones? I do. I do. This time I genuinely do have the answers. Okay. Boggs. Which sitcom star appears in the first episode of 321? Clive Dunn. Correct. Three stops to yourself. And if you wish to see the first episode of 321, you can see it on Challenge on, I think, Friday the 3rd of January, half past seven. DCT, could you name the Graham Linehan and Arthur Matthews Channel 4 sitcom 
preceding Fowl's Head that starred Alexis Seal. And Neil Morrissey. Paris. It is indeed. Congratulations. Three stops on your card. There we go. And Ocho. A special edition of which sitcom preceded the BBC's election coverage in 1970? It wasn't Steptoe on some, was it? It was not. I'll throw it open. Two deficits do part. It was indeed. Congratulations. Featuring Eric Sykes and Spike Milligan transferring their characters from curry and chips over to the BBC for one night only. So, Bog, congratulations. Five points to yourself. Okay, so the scores at the end of the questions. DCT, everything still to play for, 13 points. Boggs, 24 points. Ocho, 24 points. We have a tie. Cheer, for God's sake. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so don't worry, DCT, because you are now going to help me in deciding the winner of the competition because we have a tie between Boggins Trovia and Ocho at 24 points apiece. So we need a wild card round. There are 500 bus stops available to the winner. DCT, I'm going to send you a message that's going to appear on your screen. I do not want you to read it out. Okay? There you go. The bonus round, gentlemen, is give us a clue. DCT and I, in a straight rip-off from I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue, are going to describe the name of a popular sitcom. And then at the end of our charade, then it's going to be fingers on buzzers when I say the word go. DCT. So, um, you know Christmas. Now, because, I mean, I got this Christmas card the other day, and it's actually it's quite fetching because, you know, it's got one of those, what you call a traditional design on the front. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yes. Yeah, the, uh, like, condolences cards that you get. I get no, I no, get no, 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 not that one. No. Oh. You know how like there's, there's certain like characters or creatures or whatever it may be that sort of appear in like these nice, nice little Christmas scenes? Mm. Yeah, these, these aren't oft-seen creatures, are they? No, not really. No. 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 Yeah, I mean, it, no. no. Um, you know, uh, certainly festive. Hmm. I mean, all, all I hope is that those particular creatures, when they're not adorning Christmas cards, I hope that they have got somewhere to go. And if they haven't, then somebody should be providing some sort of place for them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I feel that ultimately these creatures, you know, I mean, I mean, what is in a name? It's hard, really. Hard to say. Sorry. Are we allowed to guess yet? I think, yes, DCT. I think, I think we've, we've concluded our charade. So, okay. At the word go... First person who shouts it out is going to get the 500 bus stops. Oh, I'm so tense. But that's just because I'm all stodged up. Right, go. Spare! Nightingales. Boggenstrovia, you answered Nightingales. I'm afraid you were wrong. Ocho, you answered Spats. I'm afraid you were wrong. What this means is that we I, have a I tie don't know the actual answer. Points. Well, unfortunately, time's up. And what this means is I'm going to have to chop the BBC Great Comedy Moments DVD in half. I have once tried to smash a CD and the (laughs) number of splinter pieces and their bloody sharp little buggers. You know the whole business about how back in the day they said, oh, you can't destroy a CD, they're indestructible. What crap. Try it yourself. Try taking a hammer to a CD and see how many bits and pieces. So both of you, congratulations. You're going to get Jiffy back in the post with... Probably, I would say, on average, about a dozen or so pieces of half a DVD. Enjoy. Ocho, do you want to tell us what the right answer was? It was Robin's Nest. The Temptation to Shout Out Dick Turpin. Oh. No, no, it wasn't. It was Dear John. 
Of course, because... Deer a and what's in a name? In a toilet. A deer in a toilet. Everybody's got a Christmas card with a deer. Festive creatures. Deer. But you don't see that often. How did I think that nightingales were festive creatures? I don't know. know. You were just thinking because there was a Christmas special of nightingales, you're thinking it's all festive. I mean, I was going to throw in there, I hope they're going to go home to Kate and Ted, the Christmas season, but I thought it would be too obvious. Gentlemen, I do actually, I want to end on a a semi-serious note. I would like each of you to just say what you'd like to see in terms of sitcoms in 2014. Be it, for example, something new you'd like to see or a particular actor you'd like to see in a new series or if it's an old series that isn't yet out in DVD you'd like to see it be released give all your wishes and we'll see what Santa can bring us for this time next year I would like to see the continuation of Network's fine uh, releases but also Happy Families Ben Elton's long lost, well not long lost but um, never appearing anywhere series from 1985 if I'm not mistaken uh, Happy Families would be nice to see arguably not a sitcom but I'd like to see Glam Metal Detectives on the, it technically does have a, a story strand it just has several of them um, throughout the thing um, I'd like to see I would like to see more of those shows like Stella Street and Marion and Jeff on BBC Two so at least 10 minute 15 minute focuses i'd like to see more of those because there was something rather special about those it was reminiscent of that kind of deaf two era uh where it was all sorts of bits and bobs uh post school uh kind of going back to that just segmented momentary low budget shows which um you know relied more on what was going on on the camera as opposed to effects and whatnot not that saying that most tv worked on effects but anyway i tell you what i don't want to see how about this I've been working on a sitcom idea for a while, and I won't give too much away, but there was a little bit of an illusion alluding to in the year 2525. And you know what they're making? A sketch show called In the Year 2525. And the premise, oh, featuring sketches such as back in the, in the year 2525, they're worshipping the Beatles. Oh, fuck off. No, actually, I feel your pain, DCT, because I did, a few years ago, I had this little scribble on a notepad where I had this idea for a character in a sitcom whose life was being observed by, as I had it in my mind, it was like a, a series of panellists, like a, a news programme, like an election night programme. And everything, un, unbeknown to this person, everything that they did was being observed and commented on. And then Pete Vesey's life came along a few years later, and that was sort of similar. And... That didn't really exploit it properly as far as I was concerned because most of the comedy in that was just a straightforward Gervais comedy of awkwardness style sitcom. But it had this added little twist about the sports commentators talking about them. So yeah, I know where you're coming from with that. So, Ocho. DVD releases for Spets and Bootle Saddles. I want to see how they got six or so episodes out of the concept of Bootle Saddles. Okay. So we don't think this is going to come from Network because they don't release BBC bits and pieces. So are we talking Acorn Media, most likely? Oh, I'll take a bootleg. Doesn't have to be official. I don't mind. <laughs> okay, bootleg brutal. Anybody, honestly, genuinely, any sitcom club listeners, if you do have a VHS or Betamax in your possession of even a single episode, at least complete episode of Bootle Saddles, 
please let us know. Or any rarities, surely. Yeah, anything. indeed, indeed. Oh, yeah, indeed. anything you can think of. Dog Boggins food den and a Carmarthen cowboy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Boggins Trovia, yes. what are you hoping for in 2014? Well, I'm hoping that uh, BBC Two will carry on with the classic sitcoms, which are showing in the afternoons currently, that we're going to see some more different ones because we've had the um, Croft and Perry. So I'm hoping maybe for a run of Heidi High. Also, I would like the continued success of uh, Channel 4 sitcoms such as uh, Man Down, like I said earlier, and also Toast of London, which I do think sort of went under the radar. And plus... BBC One trying to push the boundaries with more sort of alternative sitcoms. Uh, they settled for more traditional type of sitcoms. They've done uh, Miranda, of course, uh, Citizen Khan, but really try and do something which is different to what they're used to. I mean, you could say in a way with um, Member Hoving Badly, that was different and alternative, but something like that to really, really give a seismic shift of what we think a sitcom maybe on BBC One or ITV should be. You mentioned Toast of London there. DCT, if you have it in front of you, if you can have a quick gander. I think it might be, I don't know, I don't have it in front of me, but I think it might be all around maybe New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, somewhere around there. Channel 4 is repeating the whole series of Toast of London in the early hours of the morning. So if you missed that, then it's well worth a look. They are, they are from 1.05am New Year's Eve, so more or less New Year's Day. Uh, but 1.05am right through till 3.45 where they'll be playing Deal or No Deal, Ideal Christmas. One thing, Ocho, we didn't know this when we were talking about revivals last week, and I found out just after we had gone to press, so to speak, the new series of Birds of a Feller is beginning on ITV on Thursday the 2nd of January. So we will have a week under at that, and we will probably talk about Birds of a Feller, maybe talk about it in January, with a few to have a look at the, the new series. Oh, and also Vicious has a uh, Christmas special this year. Well, it's that time again where we have to, unfortunately, say goodbye. Now, gents, can you, can you hear this noise? Can you hear that? It's the sound of three on-the-buses, plastic buses. And here I am, throwing them away, and you're never going to hear them again on the sitcom club. The on-the-buses board game has been put up into the top of the wardrobe where it will remain for 35 years, Calming Dust. Uh, I like the idea of the do you hear what I hear has been turned into can you hear this noise? <laughs> do you hear what I hear? Let's, 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 I mean, let's be perfectly honest about it. It was a disappointing purchase and it hasn't lived up to its star billing as the top present under the tree, but then, you know, whatever does. So, in a way, it's like a little sort of analogy about Christmas as a whole. Well, yeah, I was hoping for a six million dollar man annual, but you know, these things happen, don't they? Well, I'm going to do the awkward, sincere bit at the end of the show now. So, once again, I mentioned it at the beginning of the program, but thank you very much indeed for everybody who's listened to the Sitcom Club all year. We really, really appreciate your support, and we've got a wonderful 2014 lined up. All manner of things, even Dick Turpin 
will be in there. We'll definitely do spats. We will definitely do spats in 2014. And in the meantime, we hope you have a great Christmas. We will be back next week. Ocho, what are we discussing next week? Open all hours, the complete saga. Fwah. So, in the meantime, have a great Christmas, everybody. Bogenstrovia. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. I think I've started drinking already. Merry Christmas. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but okay. DCT. May your tree be as tall as the goose you stuff. I thought you were going to say May to December there. And Ocho. May I get everything you wish yourself. And from myself, Mooncat, this has been the Second Club Christmas Special.